Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Today for Song of the Soul is Norm Matthews. Norm grew up mostly in Pentecostal churches, but it was really as an adult that this became his chosen religious practice. He's rededicated his life to Christ at times when he faced real challenges to his heart, like when he became an over-the-road trucker or when his second daughter was on the verge of death. He is a devoted student of the Bible trying to discern God's call for his life. Welcome, Norm, to Song of the Soul. Are you rested up from basketball so we can get into a discussion of how the Spirit has been working in your life? Uh, Yes, I am, and thanks for having me and inviting me. I've got to know you on the basketball court, but I'm looking forward to this interview and finding a lot more about your spirit life. How were you raised religiously? I was raised in a home where I guess I would say my mother was a Christian all her life and my father wasn't, but as children he made us go to church with my mom. I guess I went and I heard all the Bible stories and stuff, but I guess it wasn't really applicable to me at the time. I more went because I had to and not because I necessarily wanted to. How did you react to the fact that your father didn't go but that he had you kids go? I guess I never really thought about it too much. You know, on the other hand, I suppose as a son, I looked up to my dad. So, you know, if he was out drinking or whatever, I, you know, thought that was a cool thing to do. So the few times he would let us go and drink with him or whatever. So it was kind of a mixed message as far as for a kid. Two different, I don't know if you'd say value sets or two different ways of living or whatever. So I guess it was kind of a confusing message. 
Did you get anything particularly powerful out of your childhood, being raised in these various churches that your mother went to? Uh, yes, I think they all had kids programs and that. And as a child, I remember a couple times going to Bible camp in the summer where they might have horseback riding. Those always seemed to be memorable weeks during the summer. I think it was good to have wholesome activities as a child to go to and to do. What flavor of Christian churches were they? We had went to a couple Assemblies of God churches, which would have been the Pentecostal church, and I believe another one was a Lutheran one. When you say we, besides your mother and yourself, how many siblings do you have? I had three brothers and three sisters. You pretty clearly identify as a Christian, very active prayer and religious life. How are your brothers and sisters? What paths have they followed? My oldest sister, she hasn't followed the exact same path I have. She believes in God and that, but she got mixed up with drugs and everything as a teenager coming up in that, and that has kind of affected her life throughout her whole adult life. The rest of my siblings, I think most of them are all saved and pretty much believe like I do. I've got a younger brother who's a licensed minister. So I would say of the seven of us, probably most of them hold the same beliefs pretty much to varying degrees. You mentioned your sister went through some drug exploration. and Did you just stay on the straight and narrow from childhood on up, or did you wander off the path a bit? No, I would say I wandered off the path a little bit in my younger years. After I turned 18, the drinking age would have been 18 then, and I did go through several years and even a few years of my early marriage where I drank. And even as a younger person before I was married, I did experiment a little with marijuana and stuff. So, you know, there were quite a few years there in my early adult life that I did stray. Well, let's turn now and start talking about your music. The first song you picked out, Norm, is by Petra. It's called Prayer. Why did you pick out prayer as part of your song of the soul, Norm? I think one reason is it speaks a lot about just my life and how I feel, and prayer has always been a very important aspect of my life as far as communicating with God. And during this time in my life, I had just begun driving semi-truck over the road. That was a very difficult time in my life because I was away from my wife and children for anywhere from five to ten days at a time. And I was at a place in my life where, just as the song says, thank you, Lord, for coming to the rescue of a man that's drifted far. That's right where I felt I was as a person, as, you know, I was distant from God in comparison to where I had been. So it was a song that just spoke right to my condition right where I was and also spoke about my missing my family and just God coming to the rescue. I think this was maybe 15 or 18 years ago, roughly, something like that. You were driving over the road truck at that time. How long did you do that, and what do you do now? I did that for nine years. I drove over the road. I guess I had been to all 48 of the continental United States, most of them quite a few times over the nine years. And for the last seven and a half years, I'm still driving a semi-truck, but I do it locally out of Chip One, where I'm home every night. Can you tell me a little bit about the culture of truckers or over the road? Is this something that makes it difficult to have a good religious life? Does it encourage or discourage it? I don't know a lot about truckers. At one point, hitchhiking, I got a ride with truckers, and I remember riding with this trucker to a truck stop, and 
up pops a prostitute asking if someone wanted to have some fun. Is that the kind of life that's pretty common amongst truckers? Probably years ago it was. I didn't experience a lot of that. It seemed like the culture had changed quite a bit, say, the last 15 to 20 years, just simply because of AIDS and all the different diseases and that. And I think there has been an effort to clean up to where you don't have that prostitutes knocking on your truck and that as much. The only thing I would say about the life is it is an extremely hard life, especially for over-the-road truck drivers and families, you know, because of the distance and the separation. And I remember it was my very first weekend out when I started this job and went over the road. I realized and saw right away immediately my need to get reconnected with God in a deeper, more spiritual way. And probably my first couple of days out, I did that and haven't looked back since. Are you the kind of person, as you drive, you listen to radio a lot, to music? And if you do, what kind of stations or music do you listen to? I listen to a lot of Christian stations, a little bit of talk radio, and then also I've got cassette tapes of various Christian groups that I listen to. So I would say the majority of the music I listen to would be Christian, or I might listen to very little classic rock or music from the 70s once in a while, but that's not very often. Or I will listen to a ball game or something on the radio if I'm driving. Let's listen here to a song by Petra. The name of the song is Prayer.
So Norm, the song Prayer belongs to that period when you were an over-the-road trucker. The next song, which is by Benny Hester, is called When God Ran. When did this song come into your life? It would have been some years later, you know, still fairly long ago. I think thinking back in my life, I'm like most people, regardless of how religious or what relationship we have with the Lord, I think we all go through times as people where we're more distant from God than we desire to be. And it's at those times, I believe, that God reaches out to us and draws us nearer to him. And this song just spoke to me about the story of the prodigal son and how in my life there's been different times where I've been distant from God. And that what really speaks to me through this song is that God is eagerly watching and waiting for me to turn my attention back to him and that he actually runs towards me during those times. What kind of names or descriptions do you most commonly use for God? Because I I think you actually do some preaching on the side too. I like the term everlasting father. That's a term that all of us can relate to is that we all long for that loving fatherly figure. And even in this song, it begins with a movable rock, you know, awesome God. And just the thought that This God that created everything would actually run to me and pick me up in his arms and wipe the tears from my face. just blows my mind to think that the God with all that power and all that might is actually also, like you said, that humble mountain is to where he stooped down to where we were. When we think of all the different religions and different belief systems, you know, I find that Christianity is maybe the only one that actually where God comes down to lift us up to him. You mentioned that I do preach at a campground once in a while, is that anything God's ever asked me to do, if there's one thing I've learned through my life, is that he is faithful to see me through in anything he asked me to do. The Bible certainly identifies God mostly as male. There are a couple exceptions. When you think of the nurturing kind of person who picks you up and such, is that your mother or your father that you actually experienced it with? In my case, it would probably be more my mother. I guess when you look at a man and a woman or a mother and a father, I think many times they both show that nurturing love, but it's just in different aspects and in different ways. Let's listen now to Norm's second song in his Song of the Soul. It's called When God Ran. It's by Benny Hester.
I'm kind of assuming that your generation, which is my generation, probably differs from our parents' generation in how much we're connected and involved with our kids. I think the first hug I ever got from my father was probably when I was 40 years old. I'm imagining your kids didn't have to wait that long. 
Uh, no, I probably experienced the same thing. You know, I had no doubt. I grew up always knowing my father loved me, but, you know, even to this day, he's not really the type of person that I would just walk up and hug. But I have heard the words from him that he does love me, and I know that he's proud of me. But with my children, I've got my oldest son is 17, and uh, I've got three daughters that are all grown and out of the house and a younger son. I think just about every night, probably, there's probably not a day that goes by where, you know, when we say goodnight, you know, they don't tell me they love me, and I tell them I love them. I'm also assuming that your kids see you and your wife together involved in religion, or is it you, or is it her, or both of you, or how does it go? Is this a whole family thing? Yes, it would be both my wife and I. As far as in the church itself, we've both been fairly active throughout our Christian life. My wife may be even more so than I. In other words, I think you're giving them a different message than what you got from your father. You've got it that it's men and women, and a man to be strong doesn't have to stay away from church. Yes, that's true. Although later on in my dad's life, he does go to church now, and there has been a tremendous change in his life. But, you know, probably for the first 20 to 25 years of my life, it was more that way. Well, let's turn to your next song. It's called Ocean Floor, and it's by Audio Adrenaline. It's the only song that you picked out that has that kind of adrenaline in the sound of the music. What kind of music do you gravitate towards? I understand Christian music can be all over the place. There can be hard rock. I don't know if there's any punk rock Christian music, but there's certainly hard rock, and there's certainly soft. As you'll notice, most of these songs are, some might call them more rock, but they're more slower-paced music. More than the style of music, it's more the words that I connect with and the message that's behind them. I probably find more than anything else, they're words that express the feeling and the desire in my heart to communicate with God. You know, I suppose I'm just like most people. is I have a hard time forgetting the past sometimes. And I find that even though I try my best to please God and to live a life that is pleasing to Him, I still find myself, if not daily, quite often I fail and do things that I wouldn't want to. And I find that I have a hard time forgiving myself. Or even when others offend me, a lot of times I have a hard time releasing that. And this song just speaks more about that our past and our sins, that the Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and that our sins are buried in a sea of his forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. And so that just relates to me that I can forget about the past, that when I come before God, he doesn't remember what I confessed yesterday, that they truly are forgiven and forgotten. Can you think of specific times, major or minor sins that you've held on to or grudges that you've held with other people that maybe got released by remembering this kind of grace from God? A lot of times, especially as a truck driver, I can be pretty impatient. Even in relating with other people, you know, whether it's my children or my wife, many times I'm just like most people. If my wife says something or does something that sometimes I can just come off the handle and get mad and yell at her, and as soon as I do, I, you know, I know I blew it, and you know, I just think to myself, man, I've done that a hundred times. Or even, as you've probably noticed a few times, even playing basketball, I am a kind of competitive type person. So, you know, even once in a while, you know, we can be playing basketball and should be fun in that, but things don't go your way, or you miss too many shots, or you get fouled once or twice too many. You can see that attitude boiling up once in a while, and. I see more than anything that's been a change in my life. I used to, my wife used to kid that we couldn't even sit down and watch a Packer game because, you know, if they weren't doing well, I'd get pretty, pretty upset and angry about it. And so that's probably been the biggest change in my life as far as I've mellowed out in those areas quite a bit.
although I have a long ways to go, God is certainly working in those areas of my life. Well, let's listen to a song about that kind of forgiveness, the forgive and forget kind of thing that God does towards our feelings, towards our sins. It's called Ocean Floor, and it's by Audio Adrenaline.
turn to song number four. This one is by Jeff Moore, and it's called Listen to Our Hearts. I think the first few songs we've talked about deals more with God's relationship with me and all that he has done for me and and that aspect of my gratitude and my love to him. And this song speaks more about how so many times words fail me for expressing how I feel towards God. And this song is just telling God, listen to my heart, because my heart, the beats of my heart tell you truly how important you are, more so than my actions or my failures or any of that. It's from the heart that we worship God. I think there's an important part of born-again experience that once you've given your heart to God, that God won't judge you by your outward actions, that those will probably change because you've been changed inwardly. Jesus says in the Gospels, it's not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, but those who do the will of my Father in heaven. How do those go together? When I hear Jesus saying that, that you'll know people by their fruits, how does that compare with the belief that it's just what's in your heart that makes the difference? That's one that I find very difficult, too, is just balancing between works and between just simply belief and faith. Because if we listen to Scripture, it says that it's by grace we're saved, not of works. But yet, I really believe that it's the heart that God looks at. And he does say that if we do love him, we will keep his commandments. You know, it's real easy to tell who your friends are because they act like friends. And I think with God, it's the same way, that if truly he is our God and truly we are his followers, that it will in some way show. Well, this next song, here it's performed by Jeff Moore, although I know Tracy Chapman has also performed it. The song is Listen to Our Hearts. If I had a thousand years, 
song that you've picked out, Who Am I? It sounds like you're still on a quest to know who you are in your religious life, and what you're called to be, a preacher or semi-truck driver or both. Where does this song fit into your spiritual journey? Well, this song came out in a period of my life several years ago. My wife and I had went through a very difficult time. My wife here about four years ago was in a car accident she had gotten hurt in the car accident and actually missed about a year of work. And then right at the end of that year, just as she was getting better, she got sick to where her thyroid got real active and they had to give her radiation and kill it. And actually that's still at a place where it hasn't quite straightened out. Now she's on medicine to do whatever the thyroid was supposed to do. It was a time in our lives where we had just become debt-free for the first time in a 20 years of marriage. And I was feeling pretty good about that, and all of a sudden, just like that, it's like we almost lost everything, and I just seen my whole world, you know, almost seemed like it fell apart. 
And I was just at a place of really questioning why things were happening. And to me, it's real easy when we can see the end result or we can see the reasons we're going through things. But to me, the hardest thing was not knowing why things were happening. Right near the end of all this, just as we were starting to get back on our feet again, our second oldest daughter was in a bad car accident, and she almost died at the time. Well, she was up at critical care in the hospital, and we weren't sure whether she was going to live or not. It was right at that time that God started speaking to me through this song. I had felt God's call on my life for several years before that, but I was at a place where I just thought it was too late, and I had made too many mistakes. And it was right at that time a couple of years ago when God had opened the opportunity to go preach at the campground. And I remember just praying and talking to the Lord about that I wasn't worthy to go preach down there. And he so clearly spoke to my heart that he wasn't looking for somebody who was worthy, but somebody who was willing. Through the song in that, God just completely changed the direction of my heart and the direction of my life to where it wasn't too late that God could take what I thought was messed up and could make something beautiful out of it. I think it's in Proverbs or Psalms where it says, He gives beauty for ashes, strength for fear. And that's where I was at in my life. You know, God took the ashes of what there was and began to make something beautiful out of it once again. Well, let's listen to a song about God's grace and acceptance. It's Who Am I? It's by Casting Crowns.
But because of what you've done Not because of what I've done But because of who you are I am a flower quickly fading Here today and gone tomorrow A wave tossed in the ocean A vapor in It's just amazing to me that this awesome, great God, he cares about who I am. Well, I suppose that leads to some of the reason you picked the next song, which is called Blessed Be Your Name. What else can you say about this song and why you chose it for your song of the soul norm? I think I chose it because it speaks so much to just life itself. It's one thing to praise God when things are good and when things are going good. You notice in a song, it'll say, when the sun's shining down on me. And then it'll also say, when there's pain in the offering. It goes from good to not so good. But yet the message is always, blessed be your name. And that I'll praise you no matter what happens. And that even goes back to what I was sharing earlier with my daughter and through all I had went through. I never quite understood how we could really see God through suffering in that. But what God really taught me through that was that it was through the suffering as I watched my daughter and through that time where I wasn't even sure whether she was going to live or not, God had just spoke to me and said that I know what it's like to have a child near death. The only difference is mine died. His son Jesus died. And God said, your daughter I spared. I do think that the suffering times are the times where it's hardest to believe that God loves us and God could make it better. You know, in the story of Job, God and Satan basically have a bet, and God says, well, you can do just about anything to him, kill his family, take away all his riches, and he'll still bless my name. And Job does hang in there. But it always it rankles with me 
why is God running this kind of bet with Satan? Why has God given Satan the right to torture us? Yeah, that is a difficult question. And a lot of times, you know, I even think at times, well, couldn't God just stop all this? But then, you know, on the other hand, wouldn't that just take away the whole free will issue? You know, if God just says, okay, you're all going to do this and you're all going to obey me and you're all going to serve me, where does our will come into all that? I look at suffering and all these things as just, I believe God's desire through it is that he sees character built in us and that we become more Christ-like and that his very nature and the very person of his son be displayed through our lives through these times. When God allows these things to happen to us, it's more that he's given us his vote of confidence. Let's listen to a song of praise for all that happens in our lives, the good and the bad. It's called Blessed Be Your Name, and it's by Matt Redman. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
song and your song of the soul. I don't know if you know it, but you picked out a Quaker song. It's certainly a Quakerly song. The name of the song is Word of God Speak, and what it basically says is, i got to be quiet and got to listen for you to speak, make room for you. Part of my experience of people towards the Pentecostal side and that kind of prayer is they talk a lot and they don't spend much time in silence. As a Quaker, it's always frustrated me that in church services of all sorts I've been to, when they say, okay, let's offer some prayer in silence, they allow about 10 seconds at most. Are you used to taking time in silent prayer to listen to God speak to you? Yes, because without the silence and without listening, you know, it's only a one-way communication. And, you know, I think a lot of times we may get it wrong where the praise in that or the request that's just one side of prayer, where the other side of prayer is us actually taking time to listen to what God has to say. And I find what has been valuable in my life at times is even to sit down and write down what God's response to my heart is. I find that when we do take that time to listen, not just to make requests or not just to praise, but actually listen, that God does speak to us. The whole song here, Word of God Speak, is that as we've talked here, I've talked many times about what God has spoken to my heart. And I really believe that God is a communicating God and that he does communicate to us. But yet a lot of that has to be as we just take time in silence, whether it's in reading his word or just in listening to his response in times of prayer, that there is that necessity that we're just quiet and we listen. I think I've got a little bit of a challenge here for you. The way that it's generally conceived now The Bible stopped being written basically 1,800-plus years ago. Essentially, the thought is that the Bible is dictated. It's the Word of God written down. You talk about when God speaks to your heart, you try and write it down. Why have we stopped adding to the Bible? Why have we stopped recording what God says and passes on? Why is that closed? And I say that in part because as a Quaker, I believe in continuing revelation. God never stopped speaking. It's just for convenience sake that we wrote it down, that we closed the canon on the Bible. That's a good question. I really believe, as you have said, that God still does speak and he still does reveal to us. And I think that's a quest that we should all be on is to hear from God. And I believe there are people that have divine inspiration from God And I even value those people in my life to where there are several people that when I have a question I really need to hear from God, I'll go and share that with others and with full anticipation that I'll hear an answer from God and confirmation from him through other people. Let's listen here to the seventh and final song for Norm's Song of the Soul. It's by a group called Mercy Me, and the name of the song is Word of God Speak. Finding myself at a loss 
loss for words. And the funny thing is, it's okay. The last thing I need is to be heard, but to hear what you would say. Word of God, speak. Would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty? To be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God, speak. Finding myself in the midst of you, beyond the music, beyond the noise. All that I need is to be with you, and in the quiet, hear your voice. That was a wonderful song to choose to end with. Like you said, it is a good one to end with. I really feel today it's not a problem that God doesn't speak or that he's not willing to speak. The whole question is, are we willing to listen? You know, I believe God God desires to speak to even every person that's listening to these songs tonight. God desires to speak to each one. It's just the question is, will we take the time and just quiet ourselves for a moment so he can speak? Well, thanks, Norm, for sharing both your music, your thoughts, your belief, and really your journey that you've gone through in increasing depth with God. You're welcome, and thanks for having me, and it's been a pleasure. My guest today on Song of the Soul has been Norm Matthews. You can hear this program again via my website, northernspiritradio.org, where you can hear other programs and see various links related to the programs. Song of the Soul is produced by Mark Helpsmeet. If you'd like to share your Song of the Soul with the listeners of WHYS-FM Radio, please contact me via my email address, 
helpsmeet at usa.net. That's H-E-L-P-S-M-E-E-T at usa.net. And please join me Sundays at 11 a.m. for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a song.